Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is the weekend golf update for the WGC Workday Championship, the Puerto Rico Open, the Gamebridge LPGA, and the Colgard Classic. A full week of golf, guys. I'm your host, Adam Bapti, and as always, I'm joined by my brothers, Craig. Hey, how we doing out there? And Kevin. How's it going, everybody? I think our marquee one was the WGC here, guys. Uh, Craig, do you want to give a quick recap? Yeah, well, you know, it wasn't as exciting, uh, you know, the tournament didn't hang in the balance as long as maybe it as it did the right. week before at Genesis. But uh, Colin Morikawa at Genesis, he was last in strokes game putting for people that made the cut. This week, he came out on Friday afternoon. He had a, a stretch of eight holes where he made seven birdies in that in those holes. The average birdie he made was 11 and a half feet in putts. So we had a guy go from being last in the field to all of a sudden this week, he ended up finishing 10th in the field in strokes game putting. It's this whole new saw grip. Uh, I just have to say, if Colin Morikawa, and I mean, he closed out the tournament quite comfortably. If he ends up being as good a putter as we saw this week with any kind of regularity, he is going to be raking up, raking in wins like it's... uh, tiger woods like pace maybe maybe i'm maybe i'm going too far um what do you think kev you're the tiger woods boy i listen like yeah if he can start making putts like he did on sunday it's gonna be scary because anytime you thought there might be a a little glimmer of hope for some of the guys chasing he would just drain another 10 footer um and kind of keep keep the pedal to the metal Mm -hmm. he didn't he i don't think he missed a putt until you know, he missed a birdie putt on 17, um, but before, like, from the fringe there. But before that, I can't even think of when he missed. I guess he missed a, he, uh, he also missed a birdie putt on the par five. But really, the, the tournament was already well yeah, under he control. Yeah, he was greens in regulation two-putting at that point. Yeah, you know? yeah. He yeah. made two, like, let's, let's be clear, too. He made two huge putts early on Sunday on one and two to really keep his momentum going. On, on one, he made a par putt, and on two, he made a bogey putt. Um, and those are both huge because all his lead, he still maintained his lead. Well, and um, that, that one on two was after he had flubbed a chip. And so yeah. that easily could have gone, you know, if that was a double, that could have gone sideways in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty incredible how, uh, what is this? 41 starts and four victories, including a major for him to start wow. his yeah. career. Well, and so I, I'm sure you guys heard it, but the first person, Aside, or second person, first person since Tiger Woods to have a major and a WGC by the time they're 25 years old. Right. Um, and I, so everyone, I'm sure, knows what happened to Tiger Woods this week with the car accident and everything. Um, a horrible story. Fortunately, it's not life threatening. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you guys caught Morikawa's interview, uh, right after when he was coming off the green, when he was just like, you know, like we we don't we don't say this often enough, but like thanks. I thought that was a great interview, um, and kind of captures a lot of, you know, what Tiger means to to these pros. I I do think it kind of captured the sentiment that a lot of these guys were trying to put out during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, they all re- recognize the the role that Tiger played in in bringing golf to where it is now. Oh yeah, um, and there's there's not really any um debate about who the person who who brought it to where it is um was and uh phil mickelson <laughs> <laughs> ernie Els. 
Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think, I think the outpouring you saw this week just kind of illustrated what all these guys, how all these guys feel about Tiger. And, um, you know, I think everybody's hoping that they see Tiger back on the golf course, but this week it was more, it was more just, you know, being grateful that, uh, he's, it wasn't worse. It's not life threatening. And, uh, yeah, you know, his, his kids are still going to have a father kind of thing. So, um, well, we'll we'll talk more Tiger here in a little bit, but let's, I mean, let's go back to Morikawa. I think, well, the two kind of main stories, I think, of this weekend were Morikawa and the concession. The, the first time really seen yeah. for most professional golf fans seeing the concession. We saw it in NCAAs in 2015. Um, but it seemed like it, when Morikawa is on his best game, he he's absolutely one of the best elite players in the world. And he seemed to be the only one immune from these from the concession, the concussion that the members call it, like these big numbers that lurk out there. It well, seemed, he did. Have, mean, he had a double. Um, I think Horschel I, was the only one that didn't have a double or worse. Or worse, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, so it, it's like one of the things I think was great about the golf course is you could make birdies and you could make bogeys or worse than bogeys on every hole. Yeah. Uh, and and that's there's not a whole lot of golf courses you can say that about. Uh, I, I tracked, I want to say it was maybe about 14 guys on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And on the back nine, from those 14 guys, there was a bogey on every single hole. And there was one hole that didn't have a birdie. Um, it was 14, uh, uh, par three. But uh, I'm sure there was a birdie from someone on that hole today. But there's not, you know, there's a lot of golf tournaments where if you take the top 15 finishers, you're going to find a few holes on the course where no one made a single bogey. So I, I think yeah. that's an awesome thing about a golf course. It makes no lead safe. It makes, it just, it, it creates drama. And, and unfortunately this one was far enough away. Like he was in control enough of this tournament for most of right. it, that it yeah. didn't have that drama. But if you have a, a leaderboard in a little bit different shape, there's a ton of drama on that back nine. So did, was it just me or did it seem a little bit slower on Sunday? Just around the greens and stuff, or was that just my perception of things? I didn't think the balls were kind of running off as much as they had previously. It could have been pin placements. It also could have been uh, the wind. Like they might, right, unlike yeah. unlike yeah, Riviera, they point. might have actually realized that it was going to be windier today and and not had the greens rolling as crazy. Um, but I, I think they probably do have to be careful with pins and with you know, treatment of the greens on days where it's going to get windy. Cause those, you know, you can see it, especially on some of those holes around water where it catches the slope and it rolls back in, um, into the drink when it looks like it's three feet from the hole. Yeah. So do you think, I mean, we saw kind of the silly, like back and forth ping ponging. I mean, we're sure we're talking a couple or just like chip it up, roll back, chip it up, roll back. Do you think if we were at this, uh, tournament, this venue every year, we would see less of that, or that's just how, brilliantly maybe the course is designed i think you would see it every year yeah um, I, I think it is really just a, a testament to the course and how yeah. it's designed and, and and also the pin positioning you know like yeah you, you have to have risk reward pins that if you for sure if you go past them and you go you know drifts five or six yards by you might be spilling off um 
and then and then maybe they're on a bit of a tabletop and as you're chipping back it could roll off the front you know and, and it, i think there are some where we would maybe see less of the ping-ponging because the more data these guys get the more they know the places you can't miss so those places where ping-ponging becomes a potential they essentially you know they try to just totally eliminate that miss uh some of them are not easy like uh one of them i forget what number it is uh par five where essentially if you get over the back 13, it can be i want to say i think it might be 13 um it, it first off it goes off the back so easily so you have these guys hitting in if they're trying to get there in two they go over over the back and then it can be hard to hold the green coming back from there so uh it, I, I just i the thing i really like about it is i think it it makes you have to have all the shots like that's one of the things they talk about you yeah. know with the equipment changes and and courses potentially being overpowered is it can just become driver wedge and first off you you make fairways matter because if you get out of the fair i mean first off there's a lot of water on the course so you can you can make big there, numbers by missing fairways but you get in a fairway bunker Treeline is also close to the edge tree line of the is close palmettos are are lurking um yeah but then you get in in the fairway bunker and having to be so precise into the green, it means that, you know, maybe you'll see guys have to lay off and then hit shots in or or maybe it just means they have to really it makes those those shots into the green that much worse once you're out of position. So maybe you want to take on a little less risk off the tee. Um, I, I just think it's a great course. So so I think one thing that some people have called for and I agree after watching concession is that. At too many courses, they have rough right around the greens, like too yeah. close to the greens. Right. And I think concession illustrated how awesome it is when th- those are all shaved down and, yeah. and balls actually run away from the green because like these guys can all chip out of thick rough. Easy. Like it's, yeah. it's not that big a deal, even Nothing. on, even onto uh, like hard, dry, well, fast you look at greens. winged foot, like winged yeah, foot, exactly. they grow yeah. six inch rough right up to the edge of the green. But then the other thing that does is it makes it so that you can just you know say you say it's par five you can just have a your second shot roasting in there because it's going to hit the rough and stop Uh, yeah so exactly i i totally agree with the the shaving down banks around greens look look at augusta right that's a pretty good course i hear (laughs) (laughs) well exactly with augusta and the hole that reminded me of that was eight so it's a short par four so most of these guys had like a hundred yards going in and then in front of the green, they had that little creek. And it's all shaved off right in front of them. They, I yeah. think most of these, they had that close pin placement. So you have a wedge, a 100-yard wedge, that you need to overshoot, control your spin, and not have come back too far because it goes into the drink. And we <laughs> and saw tons as, of it. And you saw people take on the risk and t- to try to put it tight, and, and it worked. And then you saw people do that, and it didn't work because they you know they put too much juice on yeah. it. But I, I, I just... I love I love so many aspects of this course. The other thing that uh, I thought when I saw these drone footage or the overhead blimp, whatever it was, these bunkers. Cause you talked about the bunkers. The bunkers looked like it was like an ink spot that Jack just like dropped on a piece of paper. Like they made no sense almost. Like there's mounds of grass in every bunker. They they spiral in and out of control and have these sharp jet. Like they were so bizarre. So then, makes, so then the lips and yeah. the and yeah, the, you exactly. know the, Upslopes, downslopes, all become. It actually becomes a bit of a hazard instead of just being mm-hmm. somewhere where guys don't mind being because they are such because great. Because they have such great lies. Bunker players, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, it was cool. I really liked the course. 
it seems like it's kind of the perfect course. I mean, I know everyone has talked about it for maybe PGA, US, USGA, whatever it is, but a Ryder Cup. I mean, it's named after the concession, yeah. right? It, how cool would that be for a Ryder Cup uh, venue sometime down the road? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that would mean the American team would have to think that that played to their strengths. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe well, we'd have a nice little a nice little Hovland Morikawa pairing, you know, one and two on the leaderboard. Well, I don't think Hall. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah and the, uh, then and then we also had a Rory Reed pairing, so yeah, we we could have a lot of carryovers from this week. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I kind of did think that a lot of the Euros that traveled did not fare especially well coming over, but. We can talk about a few of them later on. The rest of the leaderboard, okay? So some of the chasers. Uh, Hovland. You guys want to talk about Hovland? Yes, right? I do. <laughs> I, I know you do. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm just so impressed by Hovland this week. Uh, you know, obviously the quadruple bogey. Uh, we can get into the nitty-gritty. I, I think the—so essentially he went over uh, the ninth hole. He got up in a bad spot. I think everyone saying the mistake was made was not taking the unplayable. I, I, I think he I think he had essentially no real unplayable lie to take that first time so, he was so in just, there. So just just to be clear, this is on Friday. He had he was seven under through seventeen, 17 holes that holes. day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and then he made a quad on his last hole of the day. But that first one he took out, uh I don't I don't begrudge that shot. It's it's the next one when he was up against the lip of the bunker. Uh, I, I think that was just a, an ill-considered shot. Uh, he. Where do you go? Well, that's but so essentially, like when he's having to come down on it like that, what is what is that shot going to do? Like, what is the what is the potential upside of that shot that he catches it? Per- like, I don't think he's holding that the green there if he catches <laughs> that know. thing perfectly. You know, so essentially, he has to think about I'm hitting this shot, and then I'm probably hitting another shot towards the pin so where where is the best place for me to yeah, do that from yeah. and that's where like i mean it's easy to say that in retrospect after you saw him burn it through yeah, back yeah, into yeah. the uh, into the bush and have to take an unplayable then uh but it's just it's one of those moments where i think a, a, a caddy and i think his caddy did a pretty good job with all of that and and we saw him actually have a great recovery out of uh some long grass around a green today uh, but I was going to say with, with you wanting to talk about Hovland, I'm surprised the first thing you go at is he had a quad on Rushmore. Like he was unreal this week. Well, so, so what I was going to say is it was how he reacted to that, that yeah. I have been a Hovland fan for a long time, but like he, he I'm a fan for life now. Like it, it's, this is his, to me, this is his Rory at Augusta after his collapse interview, taking it on the chin. Um, I, I, I just thought he handled himself so well. I, I, I'm just a, a big Victor Hovland fan. Hard, yeah, it's definitely hard not to be. Yeah, and, and the thing that the thing that won me, like, you know, he was being his usual happy-go-lucky self, and the interviewer—I don't remember who it was—but they asked, like, "How is? How are you? You know, how do you maintain your your attitude at a time like this?" He's like, "Well, like, honestly, it's probably a defense mechanism. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably doing this so that I don't lose my mind. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I just I love that because it's just the honesty of it is is great. Yeah." Yeah, I think he made a ton of fans. Um, even our mom texted me, I think, on Friday night, and she's like, I don't know much about Hoffman, but I'm a big fan now. <laughs> so he pulled on a few heartstrings, I think, after like how he carried himself through that. And then, yeah. I mean, he res- he responded brilliantly. Did he go 11 under on the weekend? Like something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. he must have been close to the tournament lead and birdies made. Like he was just playing unbelievable. I was just thinking that, yeah. He was third uh, because I had looked this up. Uh, behind 
Colin Morikawa and Rory McIlroy made a lot of birdies this week. <laughs> Rory. Yeah, uh, Rory, Rory actually, Rory had as many shots. So <laughs> Colin had no birdies. Colin Morikawa had no birdies. Uh, he had, tw- or sorry, no uh, eagles. He had 27 birdies. Rory had 25 birdies and an eagle. He had as many strokes under par as Morikawa. Wow. He just had so many more above par. Yeah. What? Well, that, that just goes to speak back? to... Yeah. yeah. Rory, it goes to man. speak to Morikawa. Like, when he's playing the way he is, I mean, he putted it awesome today. And that, that kind of sealed the win. But, like, he just doesn't seem to have that foul ball. You know, like, when Morikawa is on the tee, you just, you're not thinking, oh, he could, he could, like, slice yeah. this one into the agree, woods Kevin, or yeah. hook this one into the woods. It's like, he's probably going to hit a six-yard fade here. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's also one of the coolest things, both uh, Morikawa and Hovland, I think are the two most promising of this young gun onslaught we're seeing and neither of them are bombers like hovland hits it a ways but he's about average off the tee on a pga tour on the average being about 300 now about 300 but he's yeah yeah. for for his distance he is very very accurate yeah and then more both they both can hit it far enough though they both can hit it far enough but then it's they're so accurate and reliable for how far they hit it yeah Uh, which to me is interesting and kind of awesome when we have guys who are out there bombing it and not having as much success as these guys who hit it. They hit it far, but, uh, you know, average PGA tour distance, they're not, you know, it's not roaring DJ, um, kind of distances. And they're both kind of smaller guys too. Like they're more on the Rory build than they are in the DJ Brooks Bryson build. Yeah. Although I have to say, Victor Hovland looks like he could bend steel. Like that guy's forearms and hands. Like you know how they always talk about that with old golfers. How like yeah, old man strength. We talk about this. I'm still waiting for mine. He's got old man strength. And like, what is he? Twenty two, twenty three. I thought it's supposed to be from like picking up your kids, but that just hurts my back. I don't know what's happening. Just breaking my body down. All right, so let's let's move down the leaderboard here. We Maybe got, it's just that like the the not strong guys just don't make it to being old men. It's just like a, it's a yeah. natural selection yeah. process. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had Brooks and Billy tie Hovland too. They so we mentioned Billy Horschel already. He made no double bogeys or worse this week. Like that's that's some pretty impressive consistency there. Mm-hmm. He's he's been on a good string of golf. He he's come back to Florida. Um, I think Craig, he was one of your sleepers on the sleeper show. Uh, hey, we did. He was my sleeper. Thanks for yeah. bringing that up, Adam. Uh, Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, he. I think he's a good putter. I think he's a good putter, especially on Bermuda. Um, I, I think he's also just one of these people. There's, there's people who, when it's a stronger field of you know people of the Billy Horschel sort of echelon on the PJ Tour, uh, they don't do well in strong fields, but they really can do a good job beating up on on the you know the weaker fields out there. Uh, Billy Horschel, I think, does pretty well. I think he plays well at harder courses, which are oftentimes the tournaments with stronger fields. Um, so he's had success in his career, um, maybe disproportionate to what you might expect for him based on his game. But I think it's just because he is, he's got a, a strong mental game. Uh, like he's a grinder. Yeah. He's an absolute grinder. Yeah. Um, and he, he's not intimidated by, by... No, he rises to the occasion. And, and when, he, when he gets into these runs of hot golf, like that's, that's essentially what won him the FedEx Cup that year. Like mm-hmm. He just got on right, a run right. and just 
cashed in on it, you know, just like, shuffled got, right in there. Yeah, yeah, just shuffled right in there. So the, the sneak uh, up the, to the shot ball of the water, the I think we got we got to mention. Um, yeah, that was cool. Is that Sunday. something? Is that a shot you play if you're not a Florida man? Like, are you, are you with, with Gators around there? With are you gators kidding me? In that? <laughs> man, those Gators! I don't get anywhere close. There is one. I think on Thursday, I was thinking of you, Kevin. Max Homa had his back to the water, and there's a Gator lurking. And I think I forget who was on the on the ground with him. Maybe Bones. Yeah, it was Bones. Like, I think. If I, if I was hitting this, I would hit this as quickly as I've ever hit any ball in my life. <laughs> like, get there, get out. I think that's but where yeah. you make sure your caddy's got eyes. You, you got a safe yeah. word or something. But Billy Horschel, what was it on 17-16 today? Coming down the stretch, he... Yeah, 16, he a, I think it was. He hit in yes. the water in the mud. Completely covered. Like, there was not just covered in mud, like chunks of mud on his ball. <laughs> Takes off his shoes. He's got white pants on. Hikes up his pants. Turns his hat backwards. And this... Pretty much takes an all-arm swipe at it. Like, yeah. I loved it. So part of me was thinking today too, with regards to this, like, so you get like practically undressed to get all muddy and then put your clothes back on. Like, aren't that isn't that kind of what clothes are for to like get muddy so you you don't have to? Like, I guess then you don't want to be walking around with mud all over. I you, think I think the thing that would really get to me is the socks. Like, I want. I want my socks to be dry. I, I don't oh, care yeah, if my right. pants get a little bit wet, you know, but like I don't want to be playing the rest of this round in wet socks, wet shoes. It's I like, I, like I just I just can't help but thinking, you know, I was like, I wonder if he's going to take a shirt off like some of these guys do just to avoid <laughs> the splatter on the shirt. It's like, man, just get your shirt dirty, you know? <laughs> I also feel like if there's not a reason to stop wearing white pants on a golf course, maybe that's it. Yeah, no kidding. Sure. I feel like having bare feet gives them better feel in the mud. I feel like if I was there with golf shoes... I would have way too much of a hard swing, slip, fall, go completely mud with my whole outfit. You know what? I, th- I think that would be your biggest problem in that situation is lack of grip with your shoes. That's what you should be worried about. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, um, okay, Brooks. Let's talk about Brooks a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, well, so Brooks seems to be back. My I fade, back. I, I just want to put that out there. I was wrong on my fade. I, I did not expect <laughs> Brooks to be playing this well. Brooks is back, yeah. His neck, uh, I don't know if you guys saw when he teed off on Saturday, his neck was absolutely killing him. It looked like, he, I think he went bogey-bogey and then finished two under. Uh, so I think he finished with four uh, And birdies. he did well. Like, I did not expect him to get under par on Saturday. Yeah, he, he, he looked he, like he was struggling the He was grinding day. very hard to, to make scores that day. Uh, and, then, and then seemingly he, was, he seemed to be in fine health today. Yeah, so I, yeah. I don't know exactly what that neck thing is. I kind of got some of the coverage and not all of it, but it looks like he, it seems like he is a guy that just kind of cracks him. Like, yeah, it sounded like there was a correction. Uh, you know, I think they said orthopedic, but not a chiropractor. Something similar to that, yeah. some sort of manual therapy. Uh, but soft tissue can can come up so quickly and and leave so quickly when it's dealt with that it's hard to know whether like hopefully this isn't something that lingers and and has any sort of lasting um, impact upon him. But in terms otherwise, of his, I mean, his his game is like as sharp as it was a couple of years ago when he was winning everything. So, I, I man, that blood in, blood in the water instinct. Yeah, he absolutely does. I mean, he he seems like such a closer. Florida man now in the Florida swing with all the majors coming up pretty quick here with the players, it, and then Augusta will come up very quick. If, it seems if like. you can still get him at any kind of long odds on some of the majors, I mean, it's probably too late. But uh, you know. He he had fallen for a while there. I think he's he's probably back to where you know top five kind of thing on most of those futures. But uh, I think I, I think I remember mentioning that at the start of the year that if you if you have any faith in any of these stars bouncing back, then 
now's the time to get them. And yeah. Unfortunately, I, I didn't, so I did we'll not have to check the tape. We'll have to check the tape on that one. Uh, Scott, another guy, Scott yeah, Triple XL Red Shirt Day he was draining birdies <laughs> from everywhere on Sunday. Listen, not everyone was able to get their their Tiger <laughs> Red and Black out to them because of all the sponsorship fiascos. So he, it looks like maybe they got on the wrong size. I don't know. <laughs> He's making a lot of birdies in it, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> managed to get around the course in it. Uh, his game's impressive. He just needs to get a win. I mean, I, I don't know what, like, it, it seems like he's going to linger in these top five, top tens, get lots of birdies, be like that really good DFS player. But I, unlike Brooks, I don't see, I don't know if he has that closing kind of. Well, well they, did, they did say he, he's probably... won at every level. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't think it's, I, I'm not going to put the, the, you know, the Fiend stamp on him or anything. Um, and Ooh, I, I, I don't actually buy into that. I don't buy into the Finau can't win narrative. So I, I'm just saying that a little bit tongue in cheek. But um, I, I think it's he actually. So he was playing really good last summer into maybe early fall, and then he actually Scotty Scheffler right around the time I picked him for one and done, he fell off the map pretty good and and <laughs> hadn't been playing well for a stretch. And then I want to say it's just the last three weeks or so that he's really started to, to turn it back on. So hopefully um, he's, you know, this form continues and, and sometime this year he, he breaks through and gets I, that he, win. Yeah, he's got know, the game. I, I know he's won at every level, but I feel like he just needs to pick up. I, like, not he just needs to pick up go, a win. Get one under his belt. Yeah, yeah, get one under his belt. And then I think at the majors, then he becomes the confidence, I think, will is just that much bigger. You know, he hasn't like, really been there that many times yet, and I think you mm-hmm. know the more you're, young. yeah, yeah, exactly. The more you're around the lead and contention, the more comfortable you get with it. And I think it's only a matter of time for him. I really do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I agree. So the one group that I thought was really going to make a charge, speaking of black and red, Ryder Cup, we had Rory and Patrick Reed go off together in their black and red. I thought this was the group of anybody that was going to make a charge to more color, and they both seemed at least they they their scores were pretty flat for Sunday. What do you guys think of either of them? Yeah, both of them kind of, I mean, Reed made a bogey on the first, uh, but Rory yeah. just, uh, I mean, they were talking about him making a par putt, I think, and getting momentum from it. And he did make a birdie, but, you know, they were 37-35 on the front. Like, it just, I don't know. There, were, there was no real spark from either of them. It, they just, it was middling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think one of the things that I will say about Rory, because this might be the only chance I get to talk about him today, and you know, <laughs> if you were watching our pick show yesterday, you know that I will talk about Rory as much and as long as I can. But uh, the thing about Rory, they were talking about how he's like he's trying to find it right now, and I, I think that there's it, it speaks to how good Rory is that he can go out here in a WGC field when he's looking for it and get a top 10 you know most most players when they're looking for it they're they're down in the bottom quarter of the field but rory can be looking for it and and still um you know yeah. 25 but i mean that's just and an eagle that's yeah. because of rory and like the the expectations rory has has kind of made us have for him because of his unbelievable levels that he's reached at some points of his career it's like dj it's like you see these guys that just when they're playing their best you're you feel like they could never not win um and rory's like floor so to speak 
um, when he's when he's looking for it like this, is still so high and so much. His yeah. average is so much higher than so many. Well, I mean, his I mean. average is like a top ten player. It just is like on in every tournament. If he if he doesn't find it, I still wouldn't be surprised if he top tens. So, sorry, who said this, that he was looking for it? Was it a commentator or him? It, or... it was on. It was on the broadcast. Okay, I don't. I, I don't disagree I don't... with that. I don't really disagree. No, with they, it. that's, not they like said that's what Rory said. Was that? He oh, that's what Rory to... had said. Okay, okay, yeah. Because yeah. essentially, it's it's you know when he has stopped looking for it and has found it. It, it, that's when we see him tear, you know, five straight tournaments where he finishes third or better. Like it's really when we just see it's the same thing we saw a little bit with DJ this year, where he just looks like he's playing on it at a totally different level than everyone else. And and I, I just think that more more the fact that he comes out here when he is looking for it and can top ten. It's just impressive to me that yeah, uh, yeah. you can the be more that we good say... when you don't have it. The more we say it, the more I think I don't even know what it is. I, I don't even know what <laughs> I don't it is we're talking about. It on the horizon <laughs> in any aspect of my life. Because <laughs> I don't know what these guys feel. Um, oh, this is mo- not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if we're moving on from the leaderboard, uh, I did want to bring up the top five coming into the week. The official World Golf ranking top five. It was DJ, Rom, JT, Xander, Hatton. These WGCs are usually won by the top guys in the world. I think that argument can be made with Morikawa, but how these guys... But was did... he sixth going in? Well, and he's now in the top five. He's now yeah. in the top five. So this is top five preceding this. DJ 54th, Rom 32nd, JT was the best of them at 15th, Xander 39th, Hatton at 22nd. They averaged 32 finishing position. That's almost halfway. That's almost, in yeah, the median. That is kind of pathetic from these top five guys. Yeah, it was a tough course. And and I think one of the things this speaks to to me is that oftentimes these courses have a built-in advantage for distance um, where you you can be DJ showing up without your best stuff, but because you're, you know, maybe 10 yards longer than average off the tee, you're, you're getting a half stroke around on that. And and I think this, this, this demanded so much precision and it demanded so much from all these different, every shot that... He didn't kind of get that built-in handicap that, uh, you know, DJ yeah. and Rom, especially, I think, of these guys. Well, and Xander. D- uh, DJ, Rom, and Xander are, the, are the, of those guys, the ones that really have J- the, JT the... doesn't really poke it out there very far, so he's well, left well, out of that group. <laughs> well, no, but with JT, it's more, it's more I don't think of the driver as a weapon for JT. Yeah. Where for DJ, Rom, and Xander, it, it really is a weapon. I think this course would also be... I think it's a type of course... I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I'm such a bad golfer, but it's the type of course that command <laughs> that commands your full attention with every single shot. And if you're like eight back going into the weekend, I mean, it would be so hard to just be like, yeah, I'm going to give 110% of all my focus and energy on the shot. I know these guys are professionals, but I don't know. Like, Well, I think that's also that that's where if you're smart, you're getting your you're getting competitive reps. Like it's the same thing with, uh, you know, a, a, what would be a good example? Like a, a, in the NFL, when a game's a blow up, when they call and, a timeout right before you kick the field goal, still kick it. Or they bring in the back yeah. <laughs> to take the knee. Like, yeah, good thing. He practiced that snap to take the knee. I don't know. I I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit with that. It's like, I don't think Dustin Johnson's too worried about his competitive reps. Like he shot a six over today. He went from one under to 
he finished at five over. I think he was just going through the motions. Let's face I, it. He, I, I has, think, well, he doesn't sure need to check. No, but it, I do think there's something to be said for, uh, you know, these guys, the ability to play tournament golf is different than them playing a practice round. Like there, there's a, everything about it is different in terms of their mind frame, the process, everything. So you're practicing the process. It's the same thing with like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Like they're great practice players and every time they're in competition they approach it the same way like i, I think there's i yeah, think it's I, hard I, for I people like us you. to understand because we don't do anything at the level these guys play golf you know <laughs> but like you don't get to that level if you're like ah you know what like i'm not gonna win this one i don't right. know we're and, and we i think procrastinate you know, with the best of them i'd be up for one percentile on that. <laughs> I um I think you're right. I would say like somebody like JT who's struggled a bit in the you know he missed the cut last week. Um, he had a bad opening round this week. He he I think he kind of grinded out to get mm-hmm. to a, a top a tie for fifteenth. Um, and I think he probably was working on stuff, but I don't know. You know, I think, I think every, DJ. You know, I, I agree that DJ like... probably might have. At... I don't even know if he did mentally check out, but I I think maybe everyone else is more what I'm speaking to, like. But those for guys, instance, those okay, guys were that, grinding. That Hovland bunker shot where it was kind of embedded in the back lip. I don't think when you're 40th on Sunday, you're like, I'm going to chip out to go up and down to save my bogey. I'm like, I think I can hit the pin if I get lucky here. I'm going to try to <laughs> Like, what does it matter? Especially if you're yeah. like DJ or Rob. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can hit the pin. Maybe I'll get one shot on the broadcast today. I don't know. Well, and, and that might, you know, it might change their risk reward and, and the shots yeah, they would try. Yeah. But I still think they're going through the process pretty, pretty hard and grinding pretty hard. Yeah. That's just my opinion. It might be wrong. I think it's fair. Okay. So the other thing we kind of touched on at the start was the tragic car accident of Tiger Woods. And I think the, the kind of um, the response to that today on Sunday with these players wearing black and red and kind of honoring him in any way that they could. Billy Horschel wrote... PW on his hat. Um, any, I mean, as we, you guys both mentioned, it's a tragic thing that happened. We're happy that he's um, alive and he sounds like he, it wasn't uh, critical in any way, but who knows what his golf future. I think that's completely unfair for us to even talk about. Um, what do you guys think of the tribute today with the players um, tributing Tiger Woods? Kevin. Yeah. I mean, we'll I mean, I think, I think we already uh, touched on it for the most part. And, and I've pretty much said what I've, I want to say about it, but yeah, I think it just shows how much he means to all these guys. And, and for the most part, I mean, if you look at the age of a lot of the guys that are kind of um, budding right now on the PGA tour, they're, they're pretty open about how Tiger was their inspiration to get into yeah. golf and, yeah. and to, to perfect their craft of golf. And so they're just trying to respect him um, like you would um, kind of like a mentor. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's the re- it's the reality. Like, great. I think I think the cool cool story I saw, and I, I just saw this quickly as Sunday's been a bit of a whirlwind in my household. Is um, I think I saw from Morikawa after he won uh, that they tried to ship him kind of his black and red outfit from his sponsors or whoever provides it for him, and it got caught up. So basically, uh, I forget if it's the caddy who it was in his in his camp. Basically said, well. We, we can't get you the outfit, but go out there and close like Tiger would. And he's like, and I just took that to heart. Yeah, <laughs> and that's nice. pretty cool. Yeah. 
I like yeah, that. I think I think it's quite clear that Nike did a pretty good job getting all their guys. Every everyone who's yeah. a Nike player, like Tommy Fleetwood, looked pretty good. Rory looked good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now looked good. Like all all the guys had pretty nice shiny shiny Nike stuff. Um, yeah. Adidas maybe also wasn't about, quite as concerned. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Adidas maybe wasn't quite as yeah. concerned. Um, but I I thought that uh, some people really pulled off the look quite well. I thought other others not so much. It, it was. It was a little more natural on some of them than others. Yeah, like, it does look odd. It it does stick out on some players. Like it would yeah. stick yeah. out on me, I'm sure. But like, and and you know, like Tommy Fleetwood, I thought he pulled it off pretty well. He maybe it's just the Nike Nike black and red just popped a little bit closer to Tiger Woods colors than than everyone else. But yeah, the, he actually almost pulled off the mock. I don't know if there's a lot of guys that can pull off the mock. No. No, well, I think Fleetwood, right Fleetwood was rocking it. Maybe it's the flow, you know? You can never yeah. underestimate the flow. Fleetwood's just got style. Fleetwood's just <laughs> got style. Okay, moving on to three stars. Yeah, let's do it. Let's All do right, it. three stars for the week. It's going to be a little bit different. I might surprise you guys here a little bit, but third star is the Corda family. So going back to the LPGA event, we've had two LPGA uh, tournaments this year. They've both been won by the Corda sisters, so it's Corda sisters two. Rest of the LPGA, zero to start the year. Uh, Nelly Corda won by three strokes of the Game Perch LPGA. And I think, as I saw through the weekend, that they're both uh, members at the concession as well. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of oh, really? a weird yeah, yeah, tie back. Paul Isinger um, was saying that uh, their members, they, they practice there as well as at other courses in the area. So I, I don't know. I don't really know how it works with pros. Like, are they paying for a membership or are they just essentially on the roster because it's good for the club to have the Corda sisters golf in there, you know? Or if they walk into any clubhouse, can they get a tea time? <laughs> but yeah. like, is it like a, is it like getting your degree and then you see someone else getting an honorary degree? You're like, Hey, I worked really hard for this. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's the third star of uh, Especially Nelly, but the Corda family with the start to the LPGA season, the second star. Hey, just before we move on, I just wanted yeah. to mention how um, you know I, I didn't get a lot. Of, I didn't get any chance to watch any of the LPGA uh, this this weekend. I was trying to follow a little bit of it, um, but just perusing the leaderboard, you know, before we started this podcast, I just have to say what what awesome shape the LPGA is in right now. Like they have a lot of depth in their in their fields yeah. and uh a lot of a lot of players that you know are are stories and um i just think there's it's it's really in a good in a good place and i'm looking yeah. forward to kind of learning more about it and following it more as uh you know as we're doing this these podcasts and um yeah know, maybe, I, we'll, maybe we'll need to do a one and done for lpga uh, <laughs> i like it here i like it mix it in yeah, i like it yeah. Uh, no, I completely with you, Kevin. I completely agree. Second star, Colin Morikawa. Um, we kind of talked about him in length. The one stat that I was going to bring up, I think Craig ruined already. But from my calculations, uh, Colin Morikawa lost 7.24 strokes putting at Riviera. Uh, this week, he gained 3.95 strokes putting, a difference of 11.19. Obviously, Riviera was his first week with, what are we calling it? The, the saw. It's not the, the claw. It's not different. the claw. It's the it's saw. The saw. Oh, okay. there's some kind of rhyme there. Okay. It's the saw. Uh, hey, something's working. He said he's committed to it. it. He's a dangerous man if he's getting strokes putting like that. I, I told oh, really? my, my wife was working uh, from home today, and 
Um, I told her that that Morikawa closed it out and, and won it, and she she had seen him winning the PGA. So so she he's one of the guys. Him and Rory are the two guys that she's like she cheers for when I tell her. Why that, Rory? Because she knows how much what I do you like think, Rory. Rory? <laughs> and I, I always tell her how nice of a guy Rory is, and <laughs> when he had his kid, and yeah, he, she just likes Rory. Um, but anyway, so uh, she was like, oh, like, is it because of his new claw putting grip? And I was like, what? What? <laughs> it's because uh, I, had, I had the TV on upstairs the other day and they were talking about it on the broadcast. And so it was kind of like that that Friends moment when Phoebe just memorized the title of one of Ross's research papers. <laughs> I was like, what, what are you talking about, his claw putting grip? That's like the oh, one I time I was, I was watching football with my wife who hates football and she says, oh, after midway through the play, oh, it's a play action. I'm like, what? How do you know what a play action is? I think was she might have just been confused and said it's a play, it's action, but I don't know. She thought it was like a movie thing, like it's a play, action, quarterback. Take two. Yeah, Colin Morikawa, second star. Saw grip. Guys. Who's the first star? Like, what? Yeah, it's always the guy who wins the big tournament. I know. I know. It's Brandon Grace. First star, Brandon Grace. Wow. Great story. Great story on Sunday. Great story for the week. He won the Puerto Rico uh, Open, the alternate event. Sandy Eagle on 17. Drivable par four. He got to a greenside bunker. Got got it in on 17. 71st hole. Hold out. Um, 18. Got again to the green, uh, par five, got up and down from the greenside bunker, got a birdie, got the win. Huge win for him. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a tough story. So his, so Brandon Grace had COVID-19 in the summer. He withdrew from the Barracuda and he also missed the PGA Championship. Sadly, his father got it uh, earlier this year. He had a long battle with it and passed away five weeks ago. So just five weeks after his father passing, Brandon Grace kind of made a resurgence on the PGA Tour. I mean, this is a guy that was once once ranked 10th in the world in the official world golf rankings, 10th in the world, entering the week because he was 147. So amazing kind of tribute to his father, amazing kind of progression or continuation of his career. Um, it, yeah, going back to the summer of 2020, he had missed cuts or withdrawn in 10 of 11 tournaments. Like, he just wasn't making paychecks. He wasn't making the weekend. He wasn't getting it done. The Puerto Rico Open, it's an alternate event, but it opens so many doors. Uh, Victor Hovland won last year. Tony Finau is a famous winner. It gives him exemption for two years. Brandon Grace, I think, was one of my favorite stories from Sunday. He's the first star. Moves up to 83rd in the world now. Way to go, Brandon. 83rd in the world, and I think, I mean, he was the thing. Like, I, the thing we don't know, though, the Puerto, Puerto Rico curse, we still don't know if they can win in the States afterwards. It's still, it, oh, it, was, a Maya, it was a Mayakoba win, so I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it wasn't so much that the curse is broken so much as we didn't understand uh, the true I, nature of the curse. No, I feel like we're just... Making this curse whatever we want to fit the narrative. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe though. it's just that you can't win the Sanderson Farms Championship. If no, you're making the curse on Hovland and Finau not winning the U.S., I don't know how long that curse is going to hold up. I don't think it'll hold up very long. Very long at all. One of the things, just just real quick, I, I forgot to mention this, and I don't know if we'll keep, be getting back to him, but um, Colin Morikawa, you know, there was lots of talk about the putter grip and, and how Marco Mira had helped him. 
Um, I also thought it was funny because Paul Azinger had helped him with chipping, but I thought it was so great because Azinger's on the broadcast. Right. And so twice in, I forget if it was maybe the last three or four holes, somewhere around there. And it's like a chance for them to bring up how Azinger has helped him with a chip because it's a chippy <laughs> moment. And twice he plays the fairway wood bump and run. <laughs> It's like, oh, I guess he didn't quite take to the lesson. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's good. Yeah, he's our go-to concession guy as well, hey? Yeah. Concession yeah. member, concession yeah. guy. He was like a proud parent. He yeah. was. He absolutely was. That's, that's exactly it. Okay, should we move on stock up, stock down? Let's do it. Craig, kick us off. Who's moving up in your books? Okay, so this might be a controversial one, but I'm going Cameron Smith is moving up. Um, and it might be controversial because I had chosen him as a, a good showdown play, uh, and then he proceeded to go out the next day and shoot a 77. Um, yeah, there might be a mob of our showdown watchers. Uh, I don't know if they'll agree with that one. But mm-hmm. what I really want to highlight is, you know, he had, he had a bat. He was, I think he was tied for the league going into that um, Saturday round, and he went out and shot 5 over 77, uh, and he came back and shot five under, one off the lowest round of the day. Uh, just to me, the type of thing like it would be so easy after the round. He, you know, from being in contention and having that round, it'd be so yeah. easy for that to be the end of the tournament. And like yeah. you know, just kind of shoots a seventy three or seventy four today. But to go out there and shoot a sixty seven, uh, I think it says a lot about him as a, a golfer and a competitor. Uh, and so, listen, to me, Craig, these guys like they don't mail it in. They need competitive reps. They, it's all about to tell you this. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, you know, he he's in really good form. Uh, Genesis, he was fourth place, uh, tied for eleventh this week. I just think tied for eleventh with a seventy seven. Um, so I, yeah, I just think impressive. there's a lot that of positives. Impressive. A lot of people will only think of his collapse on Saturday. That would be the only takeaway from the week. But to me, you have to think about all the other things he did well aside from that. Yeah, I don't. no controversy over here. The only thing is I, I strive to be Fleetwood and Hare, but I'm more like Cameron Smith right now, and I'm okay with that. I was actually thinking I, that we should have a, a bet um, maybe, maybe on our... Uh, when we're able to play golf again, we'll be around the same time we're able to get haircuts again. And whoever whoever loses, <laughs> will have to go like full Cam Smith. I like that, but I think the mustache should be included as well. Okay, I'll I'll see what For kind a of period of time. I was gonna say I'll see. We'll have to talk to the wives to see how long <laughs> yeah. that would be yeah. possible for. Exactly. All right, who's moving down? Okay this this one this one hurts a bit. This hurts the heart. Uh, moving down is Xander Shoffley. Um, I I have been as big a Xander booster as I think anyone over the last few months. But uh, you know, he came out this week. He was tied for 39th, I think is where he ended up. Uh, it's his worst finish since the RBC Heritage back in June. Uh, it's wow. also the first time since then that he's had two rounds over the course of a weekend that were negative strokes gained. Uh, so, I mean, really, in terms of the stock down to me, I've been hyping Xander as a future number one on the verge, uh, has been playing as good a golf as anyone outside of DJ and Rom. I still don't know if that's wrong because there's been a lot of guys that have 
not had the consistency he has had. But, uh, you know, for someone who has been half a year without this bad of a finish, uh, it's now two weeks in a row that he has underwhelmed i guess i would say so uh the heater is over for xander i don't i don't expect him to be down long but uh the the real yeah. hot streak he had been on uh is over and and let's see if he can get back out there um but for now uh a little bit of a little bit of a the momentum's ended let's find some new momentum and start again a little price check there might just be a little bit tired too i think he's been yeah. playing he's a been lot playing a lot of golf yeah he's young all right though. kev all right <laughs> he's I got young. A, another I got one about as controversial as Craig here, but my stock up is Victor Hovland. Um, it's like really, Why is it it's controversial? just. I, I guess I have. I well, that was a little bit. Sarcastic, <laughs> I think it was sarcasm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's probably the it's probably the least the the least surprising thing, but I, I guess I've just was like this week. I was really pulling for him. Um, made some bets on him, <laughs> which mm. was nice. Um, but it, it's just, he's playing so good and he is so clearly reached that level of like, he, he's, I think 13th in the world after this week, but really he's playing to like a top seven kind of level right now. Mm-hmm. Like his last, let's see, his last finishes since he won in Mayakoba first tied for third tied for 31st of the century tied for second, tied for sixth, tied for fifth, tied for second. Like, he's playing at an unbelievably elite level. Even after that quad he made, it was like you still just knew he was going to be tearing his way up the leaderboard for the rest of the weekend. Like, it, it wasn't... Yeah. It, it felt like one of those things that was a sure thing. He was just yeah. going to keep charging his way up the leaderboard. Um, I, I He sort of eluded my radar yeah. a little bit yeah, last sorry, week at the Genesis. Because I was so... Um, you know what it reminded me of? I can't remember the race, but the F1 race last year where Lewis Hamilton fell way back. And then like the rest <laughs> yeah. of the time, he was just like charging, passing people the whole like, race. How, many, and how far like, is he going to get? If this is more laps, like he might, he might just come all the way back here. Went. And that's yeah. what it felt like with Victor. He was just charging the rest of the time. Yeah. So I, I guess he kind of, like I say, alluded my radar um, last week because I was so homo focused, but um you know he (laughs) tore his way back at the genesis to finish t5 and that's just i mean it's like over the course of four rounds the best player is rise to the top you know um it it averages out and he is one of the best players right now it's just he's proven it tournament after tournament and i don't you know i don't think he can be considered anything but like a favorite in every event he enters at this point i thought i thought if anything you know, he was playing so well that I backed him this week. And I thought, if anything, you know, the knock on him has been his chipping, um, which he's improved dramatically. But I was like, man, these green complexes, they might they might get the better sure. of him. And I guess you could argue with the quad going back and forth. Nah. But no, he, he was he yeah. played exceptionally well around the greens. Um, I don't know what his strokes gains, stroke, strokes gained were around the greens, but he did everything he needed to do. He was certainly... Um, hitting it close enough to offset any shortcomings he may have had there. So, well, his strokes gained around the green was so affected by that one, that one <laughs> yeah, incident. Yeah, fair but, enough. But like his, his so is one of the things that was talked about a lot last year. Um, his his short game has improved. Uh, yeah, and um, just just to expand on a, a, a few things you said there. So, his last seven tournaments, 
he has been inside the top six yes. in six of them, which yeah. is unreal. Yeah. But then over his last 14 tournaments, he's been top 20 in 11. So like he is just, it's essentially his his floor is just so high right now. And especially in the last couple months, it's been like, what's his floor? Basically a middle top 10, you know? Um, it, it, it's just unreal yeah. golf he's playing. He's playing so, so well. And I, I guess I, I knew it, but it just became so evident. I was really watching him this week and um, he played awesome. Um, so moving down, I have Bubba Watson. Um, Bubba has not I been see what's his... going on here. So here's yeah. your one and done pick yeah. last week. You I, couldn't I mention because we have a rule <laughs> where you couldn't, you can't do stock down on your one and done pick if you're disappointed. So you just waited a week. All right, yeah. continue. Continue. Yeah. Oh. So Bubba... Bubba is struggling. He he had good um he had good showings at the Zozo and the Sherwood last year. Um and, and since it looked then, like he might have go, good momentum going into the Masters from there. Yeah, and but since then he's kind of he kind of has been stuck in in neutral or falling mm-hmm. back. He's he's missed a lot of cuts. I can't find the stuff I was looking at earlier, but he's he's essentially barely made the cut or missed the cut in his last like pretty much since then. Um, right. Yes, I did pick him as my one and done last week at the Genesis, a place <laughs> he's won three times and he did miss the cut, which didn't exactly endear him to me. But uh, yeah, he, he's just not really playing very good golf right now. And um, again, my, my stock up, stock down tend to be guys. I just, I have feelings for about whether I'm going to back them in tournaments going forward. And right now, Bubba is in the, in the not backing camp. So um, <laughs> that's pretty much what it comes down to. I got you. I, I got you. Right, yeah. Go and, and just to, just to hammer home on Baba, his putter has been absolutely ice cold. Um, he, on the season, he's 217th in strokes gain putting. Uh, he's losing almost three quarters of a stroke per round on the greens. Uh, and on the, uh, for the tournament, he was over um, a stroke round. He was he he lost over three and a half on the tournament. Oh, so I guess that's under a stroke around. But regardless, it wasn't very good. Um, I think he also yeah. showed up on Thursday with this like button up golf shirt slash Hawaiian shirt untucked uh, outfit thing. Did either of you guys see that? Uh, I, I I saw a, a bad photo, uh, like not very high resolution photo. But yes, I, I heard about that. So I, I I did get my stats here. So it was the Zozo and the CJ Cup. The Zozo at Sherwood um, and the CJ yeah, Cup. Gotcha, he finished in the gotcha. top 10 in both those events. And then since then, um, yeah, mm-hmm. hasn't really done much of anything. And I, and I think it's in large part. I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of things going on. But the putter's just been ice cold. So that, yeah, that'd be yeah. the one thing maybe to watch out for. If you see that start to turn around, it might mean Bob is starting to get his groove back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving up for me. I'm going a little bit... Uh, uh, across the pond here, Louis Oosthuizen, South African, finished 12 under T6. I don't know. I think one of our favorites. Just we like Oosty. Sweet, sing, of, sweet swinging Louis. Sweet swinging Louis. Whenever he pops on a tournament, I love seeing him on the broadcast. He gets out that five wood around the green. He's draining 30 foot putts. I mean, I love seeing him up the leaderboard uh, again this weekend. He is top 30s in four of his last five tournaments. He's playing really well recently. As I mentioned, you got a T6 here. He just he just shows up. I mean, he doesn't play a ton, but he shows up at big events. He hasn't missed a cut at a major since the 2017 Open. 
Um, I think with his form, just plug him in as a veteran to be respected and possibly feared if he's kind of lurking around because you never know when he can... I mean, just complete game. He's 38. He, he's going to get a couple more wins here. You just don't know when and where, but he's going to get them. Yeah, I uh, before I saw you had him, I had actually started to plug him in as my stock up. So um, Ooh, the, one other, the one other stat I had pulled up uh, was his last four WGC events. He's been sixth or better in three of them so wow uh, he he's one of these guys i mean i think they say about him he just loves farming so much and if he didn't he would be like you know one of <laughs> one of the best players in the world but he just like golf is just what he does to be when he has to go out there and get paid and and uh um, so he figures he shows up at these wgc's like i might as well get paid while i'm here <laughs> get paid keep my status <laughs> Um, it's like Mark Leishman with his lawn. If you've seen his barefoot mowing his lawn yeah. <laughs> in his backyard. Uh, but Lou, uh, he's he's impressive. Like when you look through, you'll be like, he just took four weeks off there for no real reason in the middle of the season. Um, but yeah, he just shows up and, and plays well. WGC's majors. I mean, he's just going to creep up these leaderboards. He just mm-hmm. sweet sing- yeah. swinging, as you said. Yeah. All right, moving down. Kevin, I'm sorry to say, Robert, Bobby Mack, Robert McIntyre is my stock down wasn't right now. Wasn't his best showing, all right? Wasn't his, and this is in part, I mean, I kind of feel like maybe I'm giving him a hard time because I picked him in our sleepers show, but we've been singing his praises for a while, one of your boys, Kevin, but he's been playing great. He got that win, I think it was in October or November at the Cypress Showdown. He has eight, eight top 30s in a row, but... He need there needs to be so he's he's reached a new level in his game. He needs to find something and it needs to translate to the U.S. These are his most recent starts in the U.S. So he is plus eight here, tied for sixty first, fifty six at the U.S. Open, sixty six at the PGA Championship, fifty ninth WGC St Jude, and then forty second WGC Mexico. It's great that he's making the cut at both the U.S. Open and PGA, but I mean the best finish there is forty second at a WGC. He. he He's better than that, I think. And I think he knows mm-hmm. he's better than that. So he just needs to find something to translate into the, the U.S. kind of tournaments here. Yeah, you know, he's young. Um, and he doesn't have a lot of reps in North America. or Yeah, North America, really. So yeah. I think that it's great that he got a win earlier this year to kind of boost him up in the world rankings um, and get him into some of these big-time events. For and, sure. you know, I think my picking him as one of my guys this year was to just see him... T- kind of continuous progression and i think he has to this point and yeah it would, it'd be great i'd love to see him you know put on a good showing at one of the majors this year for sure yeah and i think i, I do like, think it is hard to for these guys who are coming over to start winning uh, start competing in the states like they do uh in europe and i think yeah. especially so for guys that i don't think he played university golf in in the states I don't right think he did. and I, I think that adds one more element to it as opposed to you know a thomas peters or or um, evr d tree yeah, all those guys like, I, I think over there's here. a yeah. there's so many cultural things that are different and uh, especially around golf and um around the pga uh, tour and let's face it too this year is kind of a weird year like it'd be weird with with covid and all the restrictions to you know fly in and not really know what the procedures are well it'd probably be Um, weird flying into florida and and there not being restrictions and things like that you know yeah i I don't know i don't really know but (laughs) 
Fair point. Fair point. Um, yeah. But you know, I, 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 think the most important thing is he got good competitive reps. So um... <laughs> there you go. So, oh, so competitive, competitive reps is like the low apex of this podcast, eh? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, it's a low apex. That's exactly right. Oof. Woof. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Kev, center of the face, pie in the face. What do you got this week? Yeah, so I, I don't like the in your face title of this, so I'm calling it Kevin's face for this week. Oh, Kevin's face. <laughs> yeah face so center of the club face we're going to another kevin uh kevin sutherland he won the Kolagar classic um beating uh, unfortunately our, our boy canadian mike weir who is holding the i believe the first second and third well no sorry first, first and, and second, second round yeah. leads no, i thought you were um, say first second third ranks i was like what <laughs> um the, but the center of the club face moment for Sutherland had to, it came on 16 today. Uh, he chipped in for birdie, which was the only birdie of the day on 16. He was wow. down by two at the time. Uh, Weir was in a, a back bunker and unfortunately didn't get up and down. So it was a two shot swing. Uh, they went to a par five 17th where Sutherland birdied and Weir, Weir wasn't able to birdie part. So, Sutherland took a one-shot lead into 18 and just played two fantastic shots to kind of seal the deal. 18 was was one of the hardest holes on the course. It's like a fairway in between two lakes, essentially, and they threaded. I mean, you got it's a very demanding drive, and he had a perfect right. drive under pressure and and sealed the deal. So, but yeah, it was a, a huge swing on 16 when he ch- chipped in for birdie, and uh, um, I think it was his fourth win on the on the Champions Tour. So, unfortunately. For our boy Weir, I was really pulling for him there. I was hoping he could close. Yeah, out. I just love how competitive lead. he has been since you know since turning yeah. fifty and get like apparently he had been because he knew for a while he physically couldn't compete on the PGA sure. Tour before yeah. he had turned fifty, but he felt pretty good about where his game was once you know he yeah. was down to the distances on the on the Champions Tour, and, and so I just love the fact that he's he's having so, so much success. Yeah. I know he Even was really he didn't working this. hard on his. He didn't win, yeah, but I, I know he was really working hard on his game um, as he was approaching fifty and and being eligible for that tour. So it is nice to see him having success on it. Uh, you know, four shot lead with nine to go. It's too bad he wasn't able to close it out, but um, it happens. So what yeah. are you gonna do? He's a gritty guy. I'm sure he'll get there. So yeah. th- that's that's my center of the club face moment. My pie in the face moment. So. We're going to go to Matthew Wolf on this one. Matthew Wolf carded an 83 on Thursday, um, including a, a muffed practice putt. <laughs> I don't yep. know if you guys saw that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which apparently isn't a penalty anymore. So yep. that's, you know, that you own, you wasn't own that one spot of the, on the 83. Green. Yeah, that wasn't one of the 83 shots he took. Um, but uh, he shot an 83 on Thursday and then he withdrew. Now, I know he withdrew a few couple tournaments back citing a wrist injury yeah Um, farmers yeah farmers i don't know if this had i didn't hear of any reason for the withdrawal um i don't know if that's still bothering him but to me it's it's just a bad look you know you shoot a terrible round uh, at a no-cut event and then you withdraw like if your wrist is bothering you maybe you just skip the event and rehab your wrist and get it into the shape it needs to be moving forward um, 
I don't know. It's just to me, yeah. it's just a bad look. And I, I could be off base here. There could be a very, very legitimate reason for his withdrawal. But it, it definitely kind of looks like a guy who just, was just pissed off and didn't want to go back out there the next day. So um, I, I think he's, I think he is struggling. So I, I read uh, an article on him, and um, essentially, I, I think he's just really struggling. Like. Yeah. Not just um, with golf. Like it sounds like he's just in a really bad headspace. Um, right. And and I mean, the reality is he's 21 years old, 22 years old. Uh, not everyone can learn how to be a public figure and and be right. in the light all the time. Um, so yeah, it's it's a pie in the face moment for sure because he's gonna feel like an idiot about all of this. I'm sure. Uh, but. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I just think, hope he can figure out, you know, like if you need if you need to have things in place so you can handle the ups and downs, like it, it's not going to be the end of his ups and downs on the PGA Tour, you know. So hopefully, hopefully he right. finds ways that he can detach. And I think it's especially tough with COVID. The article I was reading was talking about how it's especially tough for a guy like Matthew Wolf um, because you know other guys are going home to their families or or you know maybe they're they're young like just the situations can be very different um obviously and and listen everybody everybody's dealing like through covid and the pandemic everybody's dealing with with some sort of mental health Mm -hmm. issue you know like really and and obviously some more than others and um everybody has different support structures and everything so i i in no way want to rip on the guy for that um it's just you know i i truly do believe if you start something you're supposed to finish it um and that it's just not what he did. And I, yeah. I, um, yeah, I kind of feel like I have a kind of controversial take and maybe I'll look poorly. I'll, I'll look poorly through, through saying this, but I mean, these guys, I, I get that he's young and I'm in a very different place. Um, when I was, when I was 21, than I am now, I have a, I have a daughter and a young family and all that, but these guys on the PGA tour, they're playing, they're in their dream job. Um, and they making have millions of, of dollars, making millions. He's a star. I, 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 I can't understand the spotlight thing. I totally cannot comprehend that at all. So I'm, I'm not even going to address that, but with the COVID thing, they have had the luxury of having, I mean, to being able to continue their job and, and get tested every week and have, you know, 150 of their friends to play a game with along with, Possibly well, a coach. I, I don't know who. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows of the friends? But I, <laughs> along with a small inner circle, and I don't know who that is. But like, I haven't seen my in-laws who are ten minutes down the street in over three months. Like, it it's hard for someone that's in. Are lockdown you saying these are negatives? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, harsh, Greg. But like, there there's so much happening around the world, and, and I'm glad he. I hopefully he can take a break and kind of improve on this. But like, just it, it's hard. It's hard to hear that when so many people around the world. Are struggling, lost their jobs, can't see their their family members that are just down the street. All those things when really they are they have a lot of their normalcy than compared to others. Yeah, but I guess you know I hear what you're saying, and I I guess I would just say that that you know it can suck for everyone. Like it doesn't totally. Yeah, yeah. it's all and, relative, right? Um, the other thing, like I'm not. I'm not saying he necessarily did the right thing. I'm just saying that, like, it's a bigger story. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm on both sides a little bit here, but I, I, think... I just don't think, I don't think, I, and I don't think anyone is being like super hot. Take Matthew Wolf's the worst. Uh, I just think that I, I think it's clearly we're seeing a guy struggling. Um, whether it's 
because he, his golf game's bad and he's he's pissed off about it or totally. whether there's yeah. anything more yeah. to it is just pure conjecture. Um, but I, th- I think, obviously, he's going to be embarrassed with how this week went. And hopefully yeah, he, right. um, you know, moving forward, whether it is just... His, he needs to get his golf game back into a good place to have to be. I mean, we've seen him be so happy go lucky out there. Um, yeah, but yeah. It, it's yeah. it's a very hard thing for people who can't naturally be the same. Like if they rely on being happy go lucky, but they don't have that when you know if you're like if you're in the public spotlight and what you do and you are doing it embarrassingly bad, like that can be a very Hard thing. I mean, I've never done anything embarrassing bad, so I don't really know. But but, uh, you just have to figure out, okay, so like next time I'm struggling this bad, what do, how do I handle it so that I, I, I don't feel as bad about it after the week. So like I grind and I end up finishing next to Harris English on the leaderboard, you know, like, like they're pros. You have to learn how to go there and do your job when it's not going well, I think is ultimately the... You know, our our all of our takes on this has made me feel a little bit bad for even making this my pie on the phone. No, but I think, I think it's a good thing so, to bring so up. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shift now. I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot to Victor Hovland's quad. I think he has <laughs> seven hundred eighty three thousand reasons why he's all right with how things turned out this weekend. So let's just go with Victor's quad. The, no, I think I it's a good moment the, to bring it up because I think it's a pie. Like, I'm sure he probably feels like it's pie in the face moment, you know? Yeah, and yeah. he'll be interested when he when he listens to our podcast with these takes, I'm sure. But no, um, I, I mean, the biggest thing is he, I forget his age, 21 or whatever it is. He's mature beyond what anything that I resemble at that age. So I can attest um, to that. <laughs> yeah, anybody that knows me can attest to that. So um, he's done a lot of, a lot of things right. And I think he'll come out of this a lot better. Yeah. Well, we hope so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to our DFS picks betting segment for the week. Looking at our picks recap, which we post on Twitter every Wednesday. Uh, We have a winner, sleeper, fade, top. No, we don't. I copied this wrong. Fade. We have a one and done for the WGC and a one and done for Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Uh, Sleeper highlight, I think, is Kevin, uh, Kevin with Victor Hovland, T2. So also, winner, no, winner. Highlight. I was going to say that's really going on there. Wasn't much of a sleeper. <laughs> wow, I am bad even right now. I, I, yeah, I got to check. Okay, winner. Kevin got Victor Hovland T two. He also got him as his one and done sleeper. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's anything noteworthy. Craig was best with Kristen Besadenhout at T thirty two. I had Shane Lowry and Kevin had Mackenzie Hughes both in the forties. Fades. Craig, I think this one, I think you got to fall on this pie one. in the face moment here. Pie in the face with Brooks at T2. Kevin had Patrick Reed at T9. I had Berger at T35. Uh, but here, guys, this is where it gets interesting. Our one and done. We had two yeah. turns this week, and it shook everything up. Everything just got completely moved around. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe it when I was putting in these numbers on Sunday night. Anyways. Looking at the WGC, you guys somehow colluded Wednesday or whatever Tuesday. No, Wednesday. I I almost got thrown because when Kevin picked my guy, I almost had to pivot, and I'm glad I did. We've didn't. now we've now instituted a rule so that whoever's leading has to lead. It it goes in descending order: first, second, third. You have to make your pick. You have to submit your picks first, so that yes, so that the the winner or the leader at the end can't just always. Block mirror, yeah, mirror, yeah. So, 
So anyways, second submission with Victor and Craig. Kevin and Craig both won Victor, collected a pretty $780,000, one and done points. I felt really good about my Hatton pick going in. I went Terrell Hatton. He got T22. He buried his first three holes. I thought it was over after three holes on Thursday, but it turns out it wasn't. <laughs> he still collected 100K. It kept me in it. Um, but then kind of we got some shifting with the Puerto Rico. So we all made the cut. Uh, the highlight was Emiliano Grillo for Craig with a T11, collected 72,000. I won Aaron Baddeley at T30, 18,000. And Kevin won Ian Poulter, T35, 15,000. Everything shifted for the total one and done. So what happened is I was in lead. I shifted all the way to the back. I'm at 2.928 uh, million. Kevin is just over 3 million. He stays in the middle, 3 million. Craig, out of nowhere, from last to first, 3 million, 6,000. He's beating Kevin by 25, what is it, $3,500 right now. No, 3,500 like, points. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 35. 3,500. That's so a, it's he, a nice cut made last place probably. <laughs> <laughs> between first and uh from craig to myself from first to last less we than a hundred thousand seventy thousand yes yeah, seventy thousand yeah. out so shook everything up i now have the upper edge because i submit mine last so good luck craig i'd be curious yeah. who has the best pool remaining though because that would that's something i actually so i had i had hovland penciled in as my one and none pick and then when kevin put his in i was so close to pivoting and i almost actually used xander who it would have just Whoa. been a disastrous week to pick xander <laughs> i got a couple sneaky ones penciled in uh coming up here so i feel pretty good about where i'm at yeah well and now you can really keep them sneaky maybe this was a strategic move to, to it was move very strategic <laughs> very strategic okay savvy savvy uh, thanks guys thanks guys <laughs> i appreciate it Good bets, bad bets, I just, red I just bets, want to say real quick, okay. the king is dead. Long live the king. <laughs> king of the north. King of the north. All right. Do I have to do this Dr. Seuss again? Good bets, yes. bad bets, red bets, green bets. Uh, I guess we'll go with our one and done leader right now. Craig, how, how did your week shake up? Well, let's start with the good. Uh Adam and I, we were breaking down the full field on our Wednesday night live show, and there was some debate uh, between Zalatoris and Rose, who who was the better play, who was going to end up uh, as better on the week, and I actually don't have the numbers in front of me here, but it wasn't really close. Uh, Zalatoris no. blew him out of the water, uh, so Adam's going to have to buy me a nice six-pack of uh, local craft beer that I'll have to figure out what I'm going to go with. Um, so that's so I guess the, you get you you get to choose the beer, not me. Well, either way, <laughs> there's like what four breweries out there. I can figure it out. Yeah, or no, I, I'm gonna get something good though. So yeah, uh, I'll I'll figure it out. I'll maybe I'll I'll send you a nice little picture of me cracking my first one. <laughs> I'm um, sure you so will. So the bad, the bad. Uh, so I had a few. I played a lot of showdown this week because it, it's just a fun field and you have everyone in it like this. And um, so I, I played, I had a really good lineup today. It had Morikawa, it had Hovland, it had Scheffler, it had Kevin Na who, who went crazy. It didn't have Ortiz, which was the only one other 
only other optimal play, but it had freaking Sergio Garcia on it, who Adam had been hyping up Sergio all week, or maybe maybe mostly at the start of the week, and then you said, okay, he's done, he's done what he's going to do, stay away. But uh, so I had Sergio, he went out there, I think he was plus four, plus five on the day, just sewered a, a, what would have been a, a top five for sure ticket. Um, so that's the bad, the red, uh, and... So this one comes back to my stock up on Cameron Smith. My red bets this week. Cameron Smith's showdown play on Saturday. I brought him up on on our on our show on Friday night as a I think he's he's gonna be chalky, but still go with him. I maybe had him on about fifty percent of my showdown lineups. I still like my player pool, and this <laughs> is where we go from the red to the green. My player pool was so good on Saturday. I still came out with a profit, even though I had freaking Cameron Smith, who had his <laughs> 77 on like just under half my tickets. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it, it was a bit of a devastating, like my whole week ended up uh, slightly positive, but it was just one of these ones where like a couple picks kept me from being into, you know, those top of the GPP um big wins so the, the cam smith has got to sting a little bit harder because that's a public one well that, it's sergio, always worse like, you plant your flag on someone yeah. publicly yeah yeah the sergio is just a sneaky one that i am kicking myself for <laughs> we all play a little bit of sergio privately though we don't speak <laughs> we don't usually Whoa. talk about it <laughs> don't put words in my mouth all right? uh okay, that's awesome uh that's your green kevin what's what's your so I ended up even Steven on the week. Just uh, good job, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, my two big, my two big backings were uh, Hovland and Fino. I took them both to win to top five, top ten. They were both looking really good there. Fino, I think, was was either one under or even through the weekend. So he finished top fifteen, which kind of took me out of having a positive week because. Um, Hovland, Hovland obviously paid off. He didn't, he didn't get the win, but the top five and the top ten were. I think I got him top five at at four fifty, and top ten was was one seventy or something like that. Um, so Which yeah, is basically I, I, a lock these days, like we're saying. Well, that's what it felt like, yeah. So, and even with Fina, I'm like, well, I might as well take these guys to top five. They top five every. Can week. I bet specifically <laughs> on second place? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so. Uh, you know, I, I made some other bets. Scheffler, first round top 10. He ended up one back of that, oh. which was a bummer. Um, oh. Missed a putt on 18, I believe. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, I let some stuff ride on Homa since he, he did so much from a bankroll there last week. He had a, he had a right. nice little tie for 22nd. He had a triple, I think, on his last hole on Thursday, which kind of set him down the leaderboard and, and uh, set him back a little bit, but... Yeah, good week overall. Like Craig says, I paid my taxes. I just (laughs) got to play for free, essentially. So So I'm going to be the same as Craig. I'm going to go good, bad, red, green. My good was Brandon Grace. I mentioned him in our Puerto Rico show. Went out, got the win. Uh, Did okay for me for the Puerto Rico Open and DFS, but we had a couple listeners that went 10, 15, 20x. Our Puerto Rico picks were awesome this week. Um, Stellar, yeah. Eight of eight made cut. Uh, The winner... My, I thought I actually was picking better than you till your guy came out and won it. Um, well, you have three guys in the top fifteen with Percy Wu and Kim. 
Unfortunately, my own, t- like I only ended up, I think, making $2 on a $1 entry. But, um, anyways, I'm glad, yeah, I I'm glad our for- listeners won with our picks. I won 3x, but we had some guys go 10, 15, 20x on that. So love to see that. That's good. Uh, my bad is pretty much everything else for the week. My WGC was horrible. I don't know if it's my 50% Sergio or my my 30% English. <laughs> But it was so bad. It's awful. I don't know. My favorite event, I think, is the match play WGC where you got to hand build them all. But not having a cut, I feel like it's just hard in DFS. I, so. I do find that. I mean, it also shows like our Puerto Rico grinding the bottom of the PGA <laughs> player pool. Yeah. We did a lot better than we did in our who to pick from all the stars. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I warned you a couple of weeks back about Harris English and my stock down. So maybe you just got to pay a little more attention here, Adam. I, I guess so. I, I got to be taking notes guess, here. Who'd you say this? Yeah. <laughs> don't play Bubba. <laughs> got it. <laughs> uh, red, red, my whole week, pretty much red. I made a couple, showdown uh, helped a little bit, but red for the tournament long. And then green, pretty much the only thing green besides Puerto Rico Open is that a buddy, uh, my buddy Rory texted me on Saturday night. He said, not, I think not a lot of Rory, just to be clear. Well, it's a Rory. People can place whatever Rory they think it's going to be. <laughs> he said, I think a lot of guys are going to go out there and wear red and back or red and black to give tribute to Tiger. Um, so how about like when we play around this summer, let's put a wager like whoever buys, whoever loses buys the first beer in our, in our golf round this year. So he's like, do you think more or less than 75% of the guys are going to wear red and black? And as this was happening, I think Max Homo was tweeting that he doesn't have <laughs> Red and black. I'm like, he didn't, I don't yeah, think, he didn't pack it. I don't think guys packed it. So Rory said he's like 75% over under. I'm like, I'll take the under. So the, pretty much the greenest thing of my week is I got a free beer at some golf <laughs> round in the future in the summer at some point. So that's that's probably the best betting thing I made all week. Nice. Anything else, guys, before we wrap up the pod? Any last thoughts on this fantastic week of golf? I, my one thought is I was looking at the upcoming schedule as I was – you know, brainstorming about some one and dones here. And I got to say, we are not far out from the Masters at this point. No, it we're, is We're into closer, March yeah. tomorrow. We are getting there. And we have a players between now and then. And we have like, a players. It's an awesome exactly. stretch coming up here. It is. It's, it's great. great stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the great stretch, we have our own Arnold Palmer Invitational preview is on YouTube. Go watch that now. We're going to be dropping videos Monday we're going to have our live show on Wednesday. Make sure you go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just real you quick before already. you get into the, I feel like you're getting into the closing spiel. One thing, yeah. Kev, I, I want your take on this because you might, you might know. Um, Bryson has talked about driving number six at Bay Hill, which um, is the one that goes yeah. all the way around it's like the lake. like 340, 345 carry or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you, what do you think about, do you have any, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you? Um. Yeah, I, I want to see him try. I hope he. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, I feel like he's going to do it, and then I feel like the golf world is going to like blow up, and it's going to be like the worst. I mean, thing it's since... completely wind dependent. If there's any yeah, hint of yeah. a wind into him, he's not going to be able to do it. And if it's downwind, he'll do it with a three wood. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll he'll definitely be able to do it. Like, there's no question. So, yeah, I mean, I like, I don't really cheer for Bryson, um, but. Uh, I'd love to see what happens. Yeah, if it's I, in the I, water, I'm okay with regardless it. <laughs> of, like, regardless of whether you cheer for it or not, I think it'll be intriguing. I mean, let's let's face it. If 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 it's if the wind's the right way, like there's oh, other guys in the field that can get there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So 
Um, it's just, I think in part, it's the carry. And like, the fact is that he's hitting these moon balls. So like, it's all carry. So I think that's really what, besides yeah. the fact that he's hitting it so far right. is that he has, he can hit it that far with all carry. Um, and and I also, I, I don't know, because nobody's done it, but like, I'm just, obviously it's an advantage because you're around the green, but like, can that green, is it just going to like rip through receptive. and then you got a treacherous downhill so they, they towards the water? A, uh, I, I was watching this video, um, golf digest I, I believe i'm not positive on that one but they they brought out a long drive champion in 2017 or 2018 and he was he was hitting balls over there it looks like it i mean it's you're obviously hitting a long club in but uh there's a bunker behind the green that i think would be the most common place or or like a hill right behind the green so it's it, yeah essentially you can get up and down and make an eagle pretty easily i yeah. think if you get it over there uh yeah. but then the the one other one john daly had tried to uh, yeah, poke it over there. He that. made an 18. He went full tin cop trying to hit balls yeah. over there. Good on old. I, old I, John I, I feel like I feel like it'll be interesting if Bryson doesn't make it to see how many he pulls. Yeah, just do the whole bag. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Guess yeah, that's no, a I'm withdraw. looking forward to seeing what happens for sure. Yeah, yeah it'll be good to watch. So as I'm, as I mentioned, yeah, that Arnold Palmer Invitational preview is on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at Grandstand Golf. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Rate and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, and we will catch you in our next episode. Thank you everybody for joining us. See you later. Take care, everyone. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. See you next time.